everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Today I'm talking about Soul Train, part three, Soul Train. And what I'm getting into is peace. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what? Peace. Say with me again. Peace. Yeah, I'm talking about peace. Peace, because we talk about peace all the time these days. Peace this, peace that. Peace, peace, peace. What does it mean when you say the word or I say the word peace? Because, you know, this is a pretty popular sign. Then the peace symbol, you know, everyone is talking. Everyone is advertising about peace. Many times when people are or, or, or firing off an email or a letter, they'll sign it, peace, comma, their name. So everybody wants some peace. You know, our culture talks about peace, and we discuss peace a lot, but so often we don't really know the depth of peace. Yeah, we know peace, but do we really understand what it's all about? Most of us would define peace as simply the halting of hostilities. In other words, if you ask someone on a faraway battlefield, hey, What's your definition of peace? They would say, well, it means to put down the weapons. It means to put the planes in the hangar. It means to uh, uh, sail the ships back into the harbor. It means not to fire any more bullets. And that's a definition of peace, but that's not really the true depth and the true meaning of peace. Because I really believe if we could hear the way God wants us to hear, If we could hear with the ears of God, it might sound something like this right now. Now I'm not imitating some battlefield way out there. I'm talking about the war in your life and in mine. Because we all have this battle going on, this this war going on. The the Bible talks about it. want to do, we desire to do the things that God has for us. Because remember, God has laid out a phenomenal track for us. The track is made of wood, iron, and rock. And those are the three elements of the gospel. What's the gospel? The good news of Jesus. The wood is the cross. The iron would be the nails that pierce Christ's hands and feet. The rock would be the empty tomb. So God's laid out this phenomenal plan for us, this phenomenal track for us, And if we get off track, if we try to lay our own track, ultimately our lives will end up in a train wreck. On the other hand, if we say, okay, God, I'm gonna give you my soul and I want you to train my soul. I'm gonna put my soul on your train, you train my soul. Then here's what God does. God will lead us into love and also God will pressure you and me into peace. But the peace I'm referring to is something more, something deeper than just halting hostilities. It's, it's sort of like snorkeling. How many people have snorkeled here before? You've snorkeled, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people have snorkeled. Snorkeling is fun, but you're pretty much skimming on the surface of the water. You're looking down, you're looking around. Snorkeling though is snorkeling. And usually when I've snorkeled, I've had some friends with me who are into scuba. And, and cats who are into scuba, they go deep. They put the wetsuits on, they put the tanks on and the fins and everything, they go deep. And whenever they emerge from the water, they say, Ed, (laughs) you need to get certified. Man, you need to go deep. The colors are unbelievable. The fish are ginormous. The coral reef, and it's just just awesome. You need to go deep. I would argue 
that our definition of peace is simply halting of hostilities. It's, it's simply snorkeling so often instead of going deep. So let's take that definition, the halting of hostilities, which most people in the world would define as peace, and let's place it in John chapter 14, verse 27, and also in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Let's think about that because John 14, verse 27, the Bible says, peace I leave you. This is Jesus talking. And my peace I give you. I don't give you, I don't give it to you as the world gives it to you. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, peace I leave with you. Christ was about peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He said, I leave it with you and I give it to you. And we have an option. We either reject it or receive it, receive it or reject it. And that's your choice. That's mine. I can't make it for you. You can't make it for me. God is a God of peace. And it's more than just a halting of hostilities. It's more than just saying, hey, you know what? God and I are cool. I am, I am you know, like, like feeling it between myself and the man upstairs. Everything is great between God and I. It's more than this divine Dante. It's really the serenity of a secured soul. Did you hear that? That's, that's the definition of godly peace, the peace that I wanna talk to you about. The serenity of a secured soul. Those of us who have been made right with God through Christ, we have peace with God. Say with with me, with. We got peace with God. How? Through Jesus, through Jesus Christ. So I've got peace, you've got peace, 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 real peace, the serenity of a secured soul through Jesus Christ. Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. So it's more than just halting hostilities. It's more than just putting the weapons down. It's more than just saying, you know, I'm cool with God and he's cool with me. It is experiencing the peace with God that comes by receiving Jesus Christ. You know, the first time I ever thought about peace was in the second grade. And I've written about this in one of my books. I went to Taylor's Elementary School. I was in the cafeteria in the second grade and all the kids and I were making all these noises and this and that. And, and, and we had this principal that was a ginormous guy. He was like 6'5", 320 pounds. His name was Principal W.A. Woodruff. He had this booming voice and this, this gray crew cut. We were all scared to death of him. And one day we were acting crazy in the lunchroom and he walked in and you could have heard a pin drop. We all just glanced at W.A. Woodruff. We were thinking, what's he gonna do? Because rumor had it, he paddled kids with a two by four. <laughs> and you know, there's always that kid in every class who has no fear. You know, that kid is kind of crazy. You know the crazy eyes, you know? We had a kid in our class, he goes, peace, Mr. Woodruff, peace. And we all waited, we all held our breath to see what Principal W.A. Woodruff would do. And you know what he did? Peace. Peace. And we felt so good that we had peace with W.A. Woodruff, this guy who could really hurt you. And every time we would see him, I mean, peace, 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 peace. That's really my first recollection of peace. Then as I understood about the things of God, I understood that God is a God of peace. He wants me to experience, he wants you to experience the serenity of our soul. Again, I put the soul on the track. God trains my soul. He leads me into love and he pressures me. That's right. He pushes you and me into P. 
peace. So I've got peace with God through Christ. But there's something else you gotta understand. Once I make peace with God, once I receive that into my life, I also have peace from God. So I've got peace with God, that's the divine soulish peace, and then now I have peace from God, which is this personal peace, personal peace. Now here's what the scriptures say about this, this personal peace. Philippians chapter four, six and seven, it says, do not be anxious. That's what the word means. Everybody do that with me. It means to choke, to strangle. You ever feel that way when you're stressed out or anxious? I do. I'm like, everyone feels that way. It just feels like, man, I'm losing air. I feel like I'm drowning. Oh no, oh no. Don't be anxious. Don't choke about anything, but in everything. Everything means everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, wow. It is what it is, right? The peace of God, it is what it is. And the peace of God does what it does. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it isn't logical. In other words, people in the culture can't add it up. It doesn't make sense. Behind me is a what? A locomotive, loco, crazy, right? Motive, I'm, I'm talking about crazy peace. I'm talking about crazy love. I'm talking about, I'm talking about someone who, who, who experienced something that people are like, what? What? That's what it is. It's that unbelievable supernatural peace. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what is the peace of God? The serenity of a secured soul. It is what it is, but also it does what it does. I have peace with God. I have peace from God. And the peace of God, it tells me in Philippians, guards my heart. Whoa. I remember back in the day, I was the chaplain of the Houston Astros. I don't even like baseball that much. I mean, if you're a baseball player, great, but I don't like follow baseball. I'm not really into it that much, yet they asked me to, to be like the reverend of the Houston Astros, and here's what it meant. It meant for every home game, I'm talking about back in the day, I would go to the Astrodome and walk into the Astros clubhouse and do this like church service for all the players. I didn't know who I was talking to. I was just gonna do this service, whatever. Then after that, I would go to the opposing team's clubhouse and talk to them. And my friends who were like rabid baseball fans were like, Ed, you don't realize who you're talking to, man. These guys are incredible. Oh, you know, I'm not really a baseball fan. But here's something that I noticed about professional athletes, especially in the clubhouse. There was a lot of security. I mean, a bunch. But there was one dude that would sit in front of the of the entrance of the clubhouse. And this guy was a monster. I mean, he would just stand there. He literally was the last security person before you entered the holy of holies. You know what I'm saying to you? The clubhouse. And he would guard it with his life. He was armed, he was ready, he was intense. And even though I had done this many, many times, he would always question me and talk to me. Let me see your ID and why are you here? But I'm telling you, the professional teams could hang out in the clubhouse with confidence because they had somebody guarding the clubhouse. The peace of God 
guards your clubhouse and mine. Now, it begins with a divine peace, peace with God. It transcends all understanding. We have peace from God. And then also, too, check this out. I'm still talking about peace. We've got the peace of God. So real peace, the serenity of a secured soul, starts with God. I have peace, right, with God, then from God. Now i got the peace of God. So you could say the peace from God is a personal peace, right? And the peace of God would be this relational peace. And I'm giving you simply pieces of peace. I'm not simply piecemealing a definition of peace together. I'm giving you pieces of peace because they'll all work together. We'll see in a second to make one big peace, right? Peace, peace. But we got the peace of God, relational peace. And you know, I gotta get up in your grill and ask you something right now. Do you have relational peace in effect in your life? Because I think a lot of people think that peace is like passive. Peace is weak. Peace is like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna lie down and become this or that. No, no, no. Peace is active. It's tenacious, not timid. It's, it, it's stepping up, it's, it's doing something. It's the peace of God. So we have peace with God, peace from God, and then the peace of God, relational peace. Wow, look at Romans 12, 18. This is a verse that, that is tough. It says, if it's possible, again, not everything here, I'm talking about not every relationship can have that peace flowing back and forth. It can have it in regards to your life and mine, but it's up to the other person as well. Are you, are you with me? Are you tracking with me? Yeah, okay. If it's possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So it's up to you, it's up to me to live at peace with everybody. That's the peace of God. And as believers, that should snap the heads of those people who were far away from God. Just several days ago, I spent some time with a friend of mine named Drew. And Drew is far away from God. I've been developing a relationship with him for several years. And he told me something the other day that really meant so much to me. I've introduced Drew to several of my friends and he goes, Ed, he said, you know, I don't know a lot about this whole Jesus thing, this Christianity thing, but he said, the guys that you introduced me to, the guys that are your friends, he said, they have something that is different about them. I can't put my finger on it, but they all have the same thing. Isn't that interesting? What does he see from my friends? He sees the peace with God, the peace from God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding. Do people see that in your life? Do they see that in my life? That's a, that's a great thing to think about because that should be one of the character qualities of someone who follows Christ. Because the scriptures tell us, for example, I'll give you kind of an extra verse here, Isaiah 48, 22. The scriptures say that there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. In other words, you lay down your own track, you jump on your own train, you do your own thing. You know, it's, it's, it's not gonna be a peaceful existence. And here's what's so interesting. When I was with my friend Drew, and right after he told me that, about, about the peace that he saw in my friend's lives, we happened to run into a man just 
by a strange set of circumstances, 77 years old, fabulously wealthy, and one of the saddest individuals I've talked to in a long, long time. You're talking about someone who, who, who was at war with himself. He tried things and gone after things and tried to sustain and maintain and attain everything you could possibly imagine. You'll never get there, I doubt. I'll never get there doing what he's done or trying what he's tried with that money. So miserable, so sad, so narcissistic, so selfish, so gruff, so wicked. And I was looking at this guy thinking, dude, you've wasted 77 years of your life trying to find the answer to peace. And you're more at war today. You're angrier today, I guarantee it, than when, when you were 18, 19, 20 years old. And after the conversation, even my friend Drew, who's far away from God, was like, Ed, that dude's jacked up, man. That dude is empty. And I said, Drew, listen, man. I said, whenever you go away from God and do your own thing, that's gonna be the result. So I said, what a great thing for you to even think about and contemplate because I've been sharing with him little by little about Christ and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding and how to have peace with God and peace from God and the peace of God. I said, Drew, you're young. Now's the time to really think this decision through and to make this choice because you don't wanna end up wasting your one and only life. Do you have, do you have the peace of God relationally in your marriage, in this friendship, in this connection you have in the business world? Do you have peace with your teammates or classmates or running buddies or or, or your girlfriends, do you have peace with them? Because again, once we put our soul on the train, God trains our soul, and one of the things he does is he does what? He leads us into love, we talked about love, and we know love, supernatural, one-of-a-kind love, commitment on steroids love, right? Love of another kind from God, that's real love. Then though, he says, okay, 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 I wanna push you into peace, because if you, if you love me, right? You're gonna pursue peace. Well, I wanna give you some pieces of peace right quick. Pieces of peace. And you can take this, I think, and put this in effect today. Now, the first word I'm gonna write, and again, you know I'm a horrible speller, so just correct me. Just say, hey, that's wrong, man, and I'll just change it, okay? I'm confident that I'm a horrible speller, so it's, so it's cool. If I said pursuit, is that P-E-R? That's pathetic. P-U? Oh, wow. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa's a great spell. P-U-R, okay. S, thank you. Now, see, I can write okay. It's the spelling where I fall apart. U, I, T, thank you very much. Pursuit, yeah. pursuit, <laughs> that's, the, 
That's the first thing that we're called to do as followers of Christ. We're to pursue peace. We're not to be passive, active, not timid, tenacious. We're to pursue it. Are you pursuing peace? When you're in dissonance in a relationship, when you're out of kilter, when something is not right, when you have that gnawing sensation that, you know, we're not on the same page, are you pursuing peace? Because the Bible says those of us who follow Christ should pursue it. Take the initiative. Yeah, but she's, she's like mostly wrong, man. I'm not going to go crawling back to her. Remember, as far as it depends on you, it's on you. Peace is what it is. It does what it does. Pursue peace. Are you pursuing it? Who do you need to pursue to have that, to have that peace conference? Here's another word. Empathy. Please help me with this one. E-M-P-A. Yeah, I got it now. Empathy. Is that right? Somebody. Empathy. So you pursue it. You sit down with the person. Hopefully it's a person. And then you begin to empathize. I'm not talking about sympathize. Sympathize is like, oh, I feel sorry for you. I really feel sorry for you. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's just just sympathy. Empathy is I'm putting myself in your context, in your shoes, in your skin, in your situation, in your job, in your responsibilities, in your pressures. That's what it is. Doc Martens. Anybody got some Doc Martens shoes? Doc Martens shoes are great shoes. They're coming back. If you wear them, like you're on the bleeding edge of fashion. Doc Martens shoes, when you get a box of them, it talks about that, you know, it's great to walk in someone else's shoes, but it says, once you walk in Doc Martens, in someone else's Doc Martens, Martens, you'll never give them back. You'll never give the shoes back. They're that comfortable. So as I live my life, it's kind of like the Doc Martin principle. I want to put on your shoes, man. I want to step in your shoes and your sandals or whatever and, and empathize with you. So I'm pursuing peace. I'm empathizing. And then I'm accepting, I'll put accept, E-A-C-C-E-P-T. Thank you. I accept the fact when I'm pursuing peace and I'm, I'm showing empathy, I accept the fact that the gospel is on the line. I mean, the gospel is on the line in every relationship that we, that we have. The gospel, the grace, the mercy of God is on the line. The Bible says that we receive the ministry of reconciliation. It's not something we do once or twice. We live in it. We're in the ministry of reconciling. And all we got to do is take a look at the cross and go, Wow. All we got to do is think about the wood, the iron, and the rock and go, wow, Jesus forgave me. He released me. Even though I didn't deserve it after my best day, I'm going to rush to make peace with you. Accept. I empathize. I pursue. Also, too, I think it's important to confess. Confess. What is... Confession, it's agreeing with God. What is confession? It is coming clean. It's saying, okay, you know, I blew it, I screwed up, I messed up. I want to confess 
my part. Again, even if the other person is 75% wrong, don't say, man, you're 75% wrong. I'm a little bit wrong. No, no, no. You confess your stuff because God tells us to do that. And, and God knows it and he tells us to do it. Have you done that regularly? Are you doing that regularly? It should be an occurrence that, that happens often in your life and mine. However, I would argue, the longer we're on the soul train, the less we'll have to do these things because it's such work to do it. It's like, I'm gonna live in relational peace as much as I can. But sometimes, let's face it, sometimes you sit down with the person, do all these things, and, and you say, will you forgive me and do the work? And they just don't wanna hear it. And I understand that. There, there, there are different exceptions you know, to, to, to what I'm talking about, different relational uh, uh, situations, relational sticking points. But generally speaking, generally speaking, this is what the Scripture says for us to do. We pursue, we empathize, we accept, we confess, and then, oh yeah, let me do this. Enjoyment. E, help me on this one. N, oh yeah, thank you. J, O, oh, that's cool. See how it kind of goes into the Y? You like that? Thank you. M, E, N, T, enjoyment. So after that takes place, we go, wow, I can really enjoy life. I can enjoy the track, enjoy the soul train. I can enjoy it. I got peace, love, and soul. I can enjoy it. I'm reconciled. I got peace with God. I got peace from God. I got the peace of God in my relational world. Peace. And of course, that spells peace too. I hope you recognized that, didn't you? P-E-A-C-E. -E. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure you got that. Peace, 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 peace. But as you think about that, just for a second, that's Jesus, right? Has Jesus pursued you and me? Are you kidding me? He's all about pursuit, the hound of heaven. Empathy, he took your junk and mine on his, on his shoulders, your sin and mine, God became flesh and dwelt among us, the Bible says. Hey, how about acceptance? Accept? That, 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 I mean, the gospel is the good news of Jesus and obviously he accepted the responsibilities and he wants us to accept him and to, and to receive the peace of God in our lives. Confession, Jesus loves you and me enough to tell us the truth about our condition. He's like, you know what, you're, 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 you're a sinner. Yeah, that's the bad news, but the good news is I died on the cross for your sins, Jesus is saying, and rose again. And I offer you eternal life. God's love from above, our bad that's sad, that's sin. God's solution to our pollution, that's Jesus. And it's our call to Christ's all. Enjoyment, that's what Jesus wants. You wanna live a life to, to the max? You wanna live a life 
on a soul another level? Huh? Allow God to take your soul and train your soul. Allow God to lead you to love. Allow God to give you his peace. You can have peace with God, from God, and off God. And then you'll have a soul that is secured and is all about serenity. Serenity. Man, we need some peace, don't we? We need some peace. 3,500 years, over 3,500 years of recorded history. Only 286 of those 3,500 years of recorded history is the time zone where we had peace. Only 286 against the backdrop of 3,500 years, we had no war. That's crazy, isn't it? And during that 286 years of peace, over 8,000 peace treaties have been signed. It's <laughs> kind of funny, isn't it? It really is. I read about somebody who said, you know, peace is the time when everybody stands around and reloads. <laughs> That's a fact. But I'm talking about something deeper, right? I'm talking about the peace that surpasses all understanding. If you want that peace, would you please bow your heads with me for a moment? Every head is bowed and every eye is closed. God, thank you for this, this series on soul train. Thank you for training our souls and thank you for showing us the track. Thank you for showing us the love and, and, and the peace. And I pray now, Lord, that many people here, many people here would just say, Jesus, I wanna receive your peace. But here's the great news. Check this out. Jesus died on the cross and rose again. And you can have peace with God by simply saying, Jesus, I give my life to you. Yeah, that's the soulish peace, but you can have the personal peace, a peace that the people are looking for. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, I want your peace. Jesus, I believe in you and I receive you. Just say that. If you said that, it's the best thing you'll ever do. Others here need to really get serious about, about this peace of God, this relational peace. Maybe there's a barrier, maybe there's a wall, maybe there's some, some, some trouble. And maybe you're like, you know what, it's this person, it's that person, whatever. Well, well maybe you've not done the, the work, you know, the pursuit and the empathy and the acceptance and the confession and the enjoyment that God wants. So maybe it's time to, to set that date, to text them, to email them and say, hey, let's sit down and do this deal. You know, others have done it and the other person is like, you know what, I'm not gonna receive it, I'm not gonna deal with it. You know, that's cool. God understands. But the Bible says, if it's possible, as much as you can do in this process, you do it. So Lord, we give this time to you. We thank you for harmony. We thank you for peace. We thank you for the serenity of a secured soul in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. 
There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.